You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> we're back to the cabin in the woods. Yes. And Eve is walking up to this cabin where it is the cabin that Lars and Carolyn have been doing their back and forth bullshit. Her hair is pulled back, so I automatically expect peak fuckery. Yep. A la the ghost. And she sees Carolyn sitting up there thoughtfully, but also sad on the porch. I'm sure she's thinking of Kenny once again, no doubt. And because Eve is Eve, she's instantly angry upon seeing Carolyn and starts to jaunt forward recklessly as ever and immediately steps on a fucking stick, which alerts Carolyn to her presence. She's no longer being stealth. And Carolyn sees that hoe and she tries to gesture for her to go somewhere. (laughs) Eve says, I'm not going anywhere. And she jaunts forward anyway. And Carolyn goes to meet her. They meet by a big tree. And then they have a very, very jaunty conversation. Carolyn starts out like, oh, so you really are like a bad penny. Eve is like, switching taxis, bitch? Doesn't work. Doesn't work! When the driver has a moral code and you don't pay your fucking employees! Carolyn just tries to get straight to the point. She's like, a word of advice, Eve. Killing Lars would be a very bad move. So if that's why you're here, to kill Lars, don't fucking do it. No, it would I be know. bad. I know. And I'm like, Carolyn, warning Eve? Have you forgot who the fuck this is? Warning Eve? You know how warning Eve works. It literally works in the opposite direction. So she should have expected then that Eve wasn't going to listen to her given their past jaunts and the past experiences. But Carolyn has not been in her bag. So that could be why. Well, I like Eve's pivot. She was like, well, who says I was here to kill Lars? And I'm like, oh, what's happening? Janice. And I was like... (laughs) Well, that to me sounded like a threat. That's what I thought on the live, that she was actually... Like, it was intimidating because she's on a whole other energy with Dark Eve Rising. And it looked to me the way Fiona played it, that Carolyn thought it was a threat, too. And after she lets it land, like, oh, how do you know he's the one I want to kill? There's a beat. And then she's like, Janice, Janice, Mm -hmm. you were a member of the 12 all along. And Carolyn's like, no, I was infiltrating an anarchist group. I was on my first. But before she can finish her story, she's interrupted by Eve, who tells her to fucking stop. And Carolyn tries to continue that Lars went by the name Johan. He was there in the beginning. And she keeps trying to go. And Eve once again is like, the beginning of what? And Carolyn's like, if you could stop interrupting me, bitch, okay? If I could finish a fucking sentence, then maybe you would know what the fuck I'm talking about. And she continues that they were revolutionaries, Johan and his buddies, and that they had ideas about causing chaos and disrupting the status quo. And that it seemed very alluring at once. But of course, it went astray because power inevitably corrupts. And Eve is like, evidently, bitch. Evidently, bitch. Look at you. Look at you. In a mirror, have you held up a mirror to yourself? And Carolyn then tries to argue for herself that she's not the 12. But Eve is not trying to hear it. She's smiling. And she's like, Carolyn, you are full of shit. You are full of shit. You don't care who you betray. You're rotten to the core. She really hates this hoe. I feel like she's getting out all of her stuff from from season two. Well, I don't know that she believes that Carolyn was in the 12 in season two. I think she still looked up to Carolyn and respected her in season two. No, I this meant is like the Eve that does not respect Carolyn. No, I meant the, the Eve that walked away from Carolyn, who when she was told she has a noose around her neck and the way that she got set up with the way how Peel was taken out. And she was like, you know, like, she I mean, had... I feel like that contributes to it. It's a pile. But oh, oh, she's yeah, been yeah. interacting with Carolyn the whole series three. The whole thing about Kenny, there was a connection there. Eve doesn't work with Carolyn in series three if she doesn't think there's a piece of trust she can still have in her. Okay. An idea of a concept of her goodness or her being on the right side. At this point, Eve doesn't think she's on the right side. Right. So she's got nothing left for this hoe. And it is sad. Carolyn is ultimately fine for her life. And she's like, God sakes, Eve, we both want the same thing. I'm just doing a better job. Because Carolyn begs while she insults. At the same time, she can't help it. So, Because oh, wow. Eve's face is like, not you insulting me. Not you in my face insulting me, bitch! So how did they get I'm Carolyn this to you. in this same spot twice in one season? Because she was, she was in the spot on the beach. What spot is this? Um, The spot where she's fighting for her life. That's been my muse, that Carolyn has been down bad the whole season. And that's why I've wondered if she's going to die or something else nefarious happening with her just because she has not been at the top of the heap. She's not been that boss bitch. She's been the person that's at the mercy of everyone else when it comes to the one piece of information she wants, which is who killed Kenny. And that's that she doesn't have much leverage, doesn't have much power. So Carolyn truly is down bad and Eve knows it. And she's able to parlay the power shift. And it seems evidence to me in this conversation with how she's talking to her. No, right. <clears throat> Carolyn continues that she wants Eve to stop stomping around and threatening to kill everybody and let her do her thing because she is this close. 
And at this point, Carolyn looks the most desperate she's ever been. And she's literally begging Eve. Eve knows she's being begged. And I feel like Eve was like, yo, I've never seen this poor in my life. I've seen a lot from you, Carolyn. You've been a lot, but this is brand fucking new. And Carolyn continues that if she thought that Lars had killed Kenny, he'd be dead already. But he didn't. But he can tell her who did. Eve says to her very clearly, but this isn't about Kenny. And I know it! I know it's not about Kenny Eve. I know it's not about Kenny for you. I've been saying the muses, it is not about Kenny because it's not. And Carolyn like takes a beat and she's like, well, <laughs> speak for yourself, okay? Right. Because it is it for is. me. Right, right. It is for me. He was my fucking kid and I am consumed with the need to get revenge. It's sad. The begging, the pleading. Eve ultimately doesn't say anything to her. She just eventually turns around and walks away. And says nothing. And again, if I were Carolyn, I would not have felt safe. I would not have no, felt no. secure right, in right. this thing. She didn't say shit to you, so no, right. she made no agreements. There were no promises made. Right. She was and like, give me just a... the night. Give me give me the night. Let she begs just... for the evening and takes Eve walking away as her getting the evening. And girl, I don't <clears> even know if you got five minutes. But she's relieved and she hears laws calling for her. So she hugs the tree. <laughs> Tree, because tree, she's tree. relieved and trees are awesome. <laughs> and also she doesn't want Lars to know that she was just stressed the fuck out arguing with a misandry killer. And then we're back with Carolyn and Laws inside this fucking cabin. Lars is apologizing. Oof. And there's not enough apologies, Laws. There's what not. we had to see. There really isn't. And he's starting to touch her hand. Like, is it this thing? It was it, it, it was it, all to me, it was all the, the bad feels. Like at first it's apology. To me, it was like specifically for which infraction. Firstly, I'm sorry that you had to see that, see you be petulant and then say bad things about women. See you what? Storm off with your fishing pole? Well, that's presuming pole? he has any no, self-awareness no, about that. Right. It's just like how you can apologize for being a weirdo because I'm sure Carolyn is very sorry. She had to witness it. We saw it on her face. But now you want to flirt? Now you want to try to reminisce and shit and tell Carolyn she's like no other woman. And I'm like, what up? Weren't you saying in the beginning of the scene that when you guys first hooked up that she hadn't changed and it was bad? Like you were dragging that bitch for not changing right. and now you were trying to build her up, apparently, I guess, for not changing. He's saying that she can keep up with him. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Uh, keep up with what, Lars? And Carolyn's not about that shit. She's like, I need a name. I don't even care. I need a name. And he's like, I know, but, but. And he's trying to stall. And says that he was angry, but he's working on it. And before we can go any further with that, the door flies the fuck open. It's yep. Eve Palastri. She says, Lars, you really need to lock your fucking doors, bitch. Carolyn puts her hand up like, wait, please, Eve. No, please, no, don't do it. But it is too late. Eve has shot this man in the right shoulder. Shoulder? She is feeling herself. Carolyn is screaming. No, please, Eve. Eve steps the fuck forward. How does it feel? How does, How does it, it, feel? it feel? Like D'Angelo, mm -hmm. but not as not, not, as, not with, yeah. this, with the intent that right. D'Angelo had. Then she shoots Lars a fucking gun, double tap, meaning shoulder and head, mm -hmm. because that's where she shoots him in the fucking head. Eve is taking it all in. She looks radiant. She's enjoying herself. She's pleased. She wanted to do it, and it feels good. You can tell she feels powerful. And potentially is thinking about Villanelle in this moment until her reverie is interrupted by Carolyn saying like, well done. Well done, bitch. Well done. You killed one. Great. Happy? And now they'll just replace him again and again. And you can tell that Carolyn is devastated because I know she felt like she was this close to getting the answer about Kenny and Eve didn't give a damn. Eve did that to be petty. She did that to her Carolyn. I'm convinced. And she just leaves Carolyn there. Right. To she keep repeating over and over and over. And she's just kind of like talking to herself about the monotony, I guess, of trying to deal with the 12 and perhaps to imply maybe potentially to viewers that Carolyn herself has taken down multiple 12 members. And because at her age, she's done it so many times, she's the futility in it because here's Lars, who she thought was dead. I don't know, but it definitely is something they have that be a line, especially now with the rumors of the spinoff and that being about Carolyn, it makes sense that they're trying to add these things, these pieces to her that imply other things that could potentially be expanded upon. Do I care about those other things, really? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know that I do. TV but they TV. definitely seem to imply that Carolyn has taken out more than one 12th member and just doesn't see the point, which, you know, maybe that explains what Suzanne did, where she was like, we're done with the 12, but not really, because it's about Kenny. That is interesting. We are left with Carolyn looking sad and lost until she goes through that man's fucking pockets and eventually finds a little notebook, ledger, Diary, dear diary, 
Today for the 12, I did this. Who knows? I'm sure we'll find out next episode, but at least it's a it's something for Carolyn because she was looking like Eve was no, just yeah. minutes ago. Just like she had nothing. But now she has this small notebook. And I'm wondering what she's thinking about Eve, who definitely left to get up to more savage shenanigans. Like, if I were Carolyn, I'd be like, fuck. Did I predict this? Did she predict it? <laughs> TBD. I mean, it's, it's the profile. No, no, you're right. You're right. And then we get a cut to Eve day drinking more because, okay. She did it. Yeah, she did what she was supposed to do. She had a murder O and no one was there to share it with. Right. She wasn't trying to share that shit with Carolyn. So it's time to day drink and feel sad about your life and your choices and the O blessings you did not get. Right. You got because some, you blocked but you yourself. didn't right. get others that you definitely could have had. I'm sure Eve is like, what's the point? But girl, we need to move past that because it's True. not. It's like, what now, Eve? Where do we go from here? What do we have? Who do we have? Foe? Foe? We have nothing. Once again, no Ellen, no Carolyn, no Villanelle. No, Nico. No house. No job. No credit. No life. No friends. Oh, wait. I'll, I was I'll say, job. The job is there. I, I take that say, back. But she has a job. The job is there. and she, the job. She's just sad. Yeah. Sad and ridiculous. And then we get to one of the last scenes of the show, which is Villanelle, somehow rowing a fucking boat. Can we boat talk about it? Like, across a lake. Like her rotator cuffs. Because of are, drugs. Are fine. Right. Because it's of drugs. drugs. That has That's to be. That's the one answer. You're right. It numbed her. And I she can barely do, do it. it. She's rowing that fucking boat like a boss. Like she's competing. Like she's in a rush. And we get a Fazegar Island title card. And and, you know, Villanelle seems to be pain-free, at least temporarily. She's got a new outfit. It's a jumpsuit. I dig it. She's also got a camping backpack or whatever with some stuff in there. I'm like, is this stuff you stole? <laughs> Where did you, who did you get this from, Villanelle? And she enters the forest, presumably looking for gun. And after some moments, she finds this hoe after seeing some goats and shit. Yes. And we see Gun, who seems to be carrying a sheep over her shoulders, looking very brawny, mm-hmm. very gay. I'm not mad at it. And Villanelle shouts out like, hey. Hey. Hey, you. My and Gun back looks hurts. up like, it's you. <laughs> it's you. I feel like Gun has a look like you. Not you on my island, girl. Villanelle does say her back hurts. Gun puts her sheep down, and it is a gauntlet run towards each other. They slam and collide. It's the and way they start fighting. Like, I don't know why, to me, the music sounds like in that moment. I don't know if it's supposed to be like Gun's theme song or if they're doing some sort of nod to like a matador to like a bull. Like, I didn't know what was going on. Could be. It was something like that because they go to collide and they get to fighting. And it's not really that brutal in terms of choreography. It seems pretty even keeled. I would have appreciated some blood, though, on their faces because they were both getting shots in. And since both are proficient fighters, that's kind of what happens. No gloves means you leave a fucking mark. You leave a bruise. You bust somebody's lip. You break the skin. And I would have enjoyed seeing them both bloodied up as they landed on the grass. I don't know why they didn't do it. Yeah, that was a height that they, they dropped from. I mean, I'm not going to look for realism. No, no, oh, again. you're right. It's killing Eve. And Villanelle was just <laughs> rowing a boat. I'm just saying the aesthetics of the fight. I would have appreciated more Atomic Blonde because they hit each other in the face more than once. And so, like, give us a, a black eye. Give us a cut lip because they're both proficient fighters. They're both assassins. So if you get your hand on somebody who's a good fighter or a good fighter gets their hand on you, we should see the evidence that they actually laid hands on you because you did not block that shit successfully. And I don't know what kind of topical and aesthetic Villanelle was on or adrenaline or whatever. It's not topical. If you have an injury like Villanelle and you are moving like that, we are dealing with a pretty serious painkiller. <laughs> it's not topical. No, it's no, inside right. you. Okay. Potentially it was injected. Okay. But they fall backwards off this cliff and they're laying there for a second like, ow. But then they just continue to lay there and then they start to laugh. They start to laugh. They start to giggle. And I'm like, what are these giggles? These giggles are indicating gay shenanigans next week on Killing Eve. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's what happens. They giggle. It's extended giggles. And after some more giggling, Villanelle's like, can I can stay, I stay here? here? And Gunn just turns to look at her. And I feel like Gunn is like, yes. Forever. Party B <laughs> gift. Because no one ever leaves Faze Girl Island. If you go to Gunn's Island, I don't think you leave. I think you just go. I don't think you leave. Only Gunn leaves. And then that is the end of the episode. And we have uh, previews for next week for the show. And what the first scene, we see Pam working at a food truck and Constantine is sipping a drink. Who knows what's happening there? Maybe it's a new place for her to try and kill someone. Mm. We see Eve and Fo. Fo is asking, what's the last fun thing Eve did? Eve can't remember. He says that she's in luck because he puts the F in fun. And I seriously doubt it, Fo. You put the F in fun. Not the That's F. That's what you do. Um, you put the F other in letter? Fo. Right. In Fo. F and Fo. Right. F and fail. <laughs> Unless it's getting information, because he well, does that pretty consistently. Well, yeah. We also see Carolyn 
on screen and someone says, I hope you don't mind the intrusion. I bought us an aperitif. And it's some old man because we eventually see some old man. I'm like, oh, really? Someone new? Someone new coming into the show, apparently, in this next episode or last episode for Carolyn, whatever. And he also says that all we can do in life is try to find some joy in the little things. He sits down with Carolyn at some place. Who knows what's happening there? And then we see Eva Foe at karaoke in David Lynch Blue. And so I expect sadness, y'all. There's a lot of reasons to use blue in your cinematography, but I'm going to go nah, with David nah. Lynch Blue, which is sadness. You think it could be happy, but it's sad. And so even though Eva's singing in the karaoke, I assume it to be, it's going to be an intense scene. I don't know what's happening there. I just feel like it's going to be intense. Why are we doing the blue? And we also get a voiceover of Martin. Yay! Because I said on the live that Martin could be one of those people Eva's talking to. And now I think he is the person Eva's talking to because he's in there. And his voiceover is saying, all we can do in life is try to find some joy in the little things. Then we see Constantine mm. with a drink, looking like he's dancing or something, like he's happy. And it's like, oh, happy Constantine. And then we see Villanelle and Gunn hunting in the woods. And Gunn asks Villanelle what she sees. And Villanelle says, hairy pigs! So I guess they're hunting pigs, wild boars, I don't know. And then we see mm. Pam and Constantine again at some fast food place. And Pam is asking what's wrong because Constantine looks like an angry Santa Claus. So I'm like, okay, sad Constantine. Earlier we get a clip of happy Constantine. Now we have a clip of sad Constantine. What's going on with you, Constantine? I feel like you're going to die. I feel like you're going to die next episode. And then we see Foe comforting or, I don't know, trying to kiss Eve. I can't really be sure. And that mysterious old man is back with his voiceover saying it's an incredible feeling being inches from the thing that you've been looking for. We get another shot of Carolyn when we hear that. A shot of Villanelle spitting while looking through binoculars in the woods. And that is the end of that first wow. preview that we see. And then, of course, Killing Eve put out a second short preview once the word was out there that it was a double episode drop for the finale. And this one opens up with Eve in red which is interesting. And I'm like, is it the same place? Potentially a hallway, because karaoke places can be very interestingly colored, but it's even red. And that's, okay. that's a contrast to the blue. And hopefully artistically, they do something with that in terms of how Eve is feeling at the time. And we hear Eve voiceover where she's saying, I just killed a man. I wanted to kill him, so I did. And then we get shots of Foe and Constantine. Eve's voiceover continues with her saying, I wanted Villanelle gone, and now she's gone. And I survived. And so we're like, Eve, who are you talking to? Gotta be Martin. It's gotta be Martin. Then we see shots of Villanelle in a raincoat, a la what looks to be the final episode. We see Eve Ooh. in her yellow turtleneck and parka. We also see a shot of Eve looking directly into the camera. Perhaps this is this therapy session where wondering could happen. And she says into the camera, for what? This bitch looking lost. She's looking confused. I hope Martin can help her. And then we get a title card that says last two episodes. We see another shot of Villanelle in blue. Ooh. Much like Eve shot in blue from the first time we see her, and it looks like she's exiting somewhere with a cloth or something covering her mouth and smoke, smoke bomb, smoke something. Maybe she's poisoning people, I don't know. But there's smoke on the ground, it's going off in the back of that shot. And then that mysterious old man voiceover is back for this trailer, talking about it being an incredible feeling to get so close to the thing you've been looking for. And we get a shot of Carolyn going into a lake. And I'm like, Carolyn, is this you going down? Because Pam is sitting behind her and it looks like the fucking lake oh. that Laws was fake paddled to death in. And so I'm like, is this a bookend? Is this meaning that it's you, Carolyn, that Alain got the call for? I'm so That's concerned. How doing this? I've been predicting your death, but I. Not sure, and I'm not sure if I'm ready or if I will ever be ready. And so after that shot of Pam behind Carolyn and her going into the lake willingly, and so maybe that's Pam giving her a preference of death because Pam totally would. <sighs> and maybe Carolyn will try to get away under the dock. Anyway, let me not go into that news. <laughs> after we see Pam and Carolyn, we see a title card that says ever because it's the last episodes ever. And then there's a shot, a curious shot of a camper that is driving down the block while we see this ever title card. And I'm like, are even Villanelle in that camper? What are they doing in there? Has the smash already happened? I hope so, Lauda, Kaylee, Kaylee, Lauda. Interesting. And then the last series of shots is Carolyn turning over the death tarot card. I think it's Carolyn somewhere. There's a shot of Eve dancing the electric slide, it looks like, on the boat, the infamous boat, where everything ends. And a lasting shot of Villanelle looking like she's realized something incredible about Eve, about the woman she loves. She's got that look on her face that she had, like, when she was watching Eve kill or watching Eve drive off after the bus. Just that look of awe. That Jody has conjured as Villanelle. That's what we end on. Killing Eve, two-episode series finale. And that is the end of wow. the second preview. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot. I get a camper. I'm 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 riding higher than I've ridden all season. 
that's that's a scary thing to admit to. I'm writing. I don't know why. Higher. Why? Why would someone want to be lower than they were at the beginning of the season? No, Ideally, I... it continues to go up like well, a roller coaster. Well, yes, yes, that is the hope, and and I I want to stay here. I like it here. Wow. All right. Let me reference this clip that was sent in the inbox by a few listeners detailing apparently Sandra and Jody's improvisation during the Alain kill. Okay, so there's this one scene later on. We're not going to ruin it. Uh, and I don't think either of us were expecting that that's, what the, scene, that, that, yeah, that's yeah. what the scene is. And I'm very much talking about what is not in the line, what's not necessarily in the action. Mm. But, you know, Villanelle has this large action to do mm. and Eve is witnessing it. And then <laughs> that's one way to witnessing <laughs> Villanelle and Jody in this action for me just opened up uh, what this entire scene was about. And <laughs> the, I do oh. feel like we do, oh. and it's very enjoyable to play uh, oh. when you actually do have a chemistry mm. with a fellow actor and you <laughs> oh, just I really feel like, love mm. watching them. You yeah. like love watching them, you know what I mean? And, and because because the way that they are willing to be transformed or transform a moment transforms yourself as a character. Mm. Sandra, and you can't, so good with I don't words. think you can, many times that is, that is written, you know, and that's what you're supposed to do inten- intentionally as an actor. And sometimes it just appears. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Jody's contemplative. Mm. <laughs> yeah, girl, we got that excellent chemistry. Well, I mean, it pays to have an a incredible uh, dancing scene partner. And um, who Oof, was it? Not y'all delivering the best scene of the series by yourself. I mean, not entirely by yourself, but the best part of that scene was absolutely the part with no words at the end. And that was apparently, it seems to be, we're not 100% sure, but it, all the signs are pointing to this being facts and people in the fandom talking about this, that they improvised those murder O's and that silent conversation where Villanelle is begging for Eve to communicate something other than her horniness for the murder. And Eve is too distracted by her horniness and her selfish desires to actually give Villanelle what the fuck she needs and deserves in that moment. Didn't give it in the hotel room, didn't give it on the boardwalk, did not give it in Ellen's hotel room. Three different times in the Three strikes, oh my God, this is like, I'm not gonna go into no Bible parallels or whatever but my goodness Eve I, she's so frustrating it's just every time I look at Eve Flash I'm like why are you like this Eve like oh, I love yeah. your character so much but I also be like why are you like this <laughs> that's half the reason why I love you so much but my god such chaotic ridiculous energy for me Flashtree but it's kind of a treat for us fans right like we've been new that the actors know their characters very well and that their chemistry is on another level, a superior level that few thespians get to jaunt upon and play upon because we have the vast works of media to show us how rare this type of connection is. And so basically, it sounds like these hoes were saying they was in a bag in the scene. They did what they felt. And we are the benefactors. We are the receivers of the goodness of Sappho and Lilith. And we thank you, Jody and yes, Sandra. Thank you, Jody. Once thank again, you, Sandra. A million thank yous for inhabiting the roles of... Eve Palastri and Villanelle Oksana because woof, the way I can't picture another hope in either of these roles, brilliant. Because there's other people that do things and you're like, I could totally see someone else do this and that is not the case for Killing Eve. No, right. Not for a single character. A part of me is like, I wonder if they shot the scene and they were like, can we just go again? Like one take for you, one take for me. And it was like, <gasps> you know that take that you said was for you? You know, actually, we're, we're, we're going to... But then, but then <laughs> I feel like that's not how improv works because you just do it. Well, yeah. And so yeah. usually it's up to... I mean, it depends on the actor, but I just feel like it's... It depends on your relationship with the director as to whether or not you call for a take because technically that's what the director does. They call the takes and then they call when it's done. So if you have that relationship to be like, let me get a take for myself versus like, this is take whatever. And there are no lines here written for us to do. There are just actions. And so this is up to me, the thespian with my partner to interpret how these actions are going to go, how we're going to speak to each other through the action without actually speaking. And Jody and Sandra just been keyed into that shit together since day one. It'd be like that sometimes creatively mm-hmm. with people through all genres of creation so you can just click you just meet somebody fucking click I'm sure people have met friends or just whatever you come across someone and immediately you're like are we fucking soulmates like have I known you my whole life <laughs> it just it seems like it's one of those and yay yay for us because we have benefited right. a great deal alright since the recap is essentially done and 
I don't think we'll be able to release a snack prior to episode seven and eight airing. This is a very jaunty, jaunty week for me. A lot going on. I'm amongst the humans. Y'all pray for me. Pray to Lilith. I stay away from the Rona because a bitch has been jaunting. But yes, yeah, so I have some ideas that have been evolving. Those of you who are on the live and you were listening to me try to work out ideas in the moment. After watching the episode, you may have heard my ridiculous musings about gun woodsman gun and villanelle and what kind of sapphic shenanigans they'll be getting up to but also that i was requesting that eve kill gun that we have not seen that scene where eve is chased and i would like desperately for villanelle to see eve kill again and for her to be there to enjoy it fully and i would like for that person to be gun but considering as i marinated further how they bothered to show villanelle having such a hard time with gun as capable as she is and we we all know how villanelle backed eve up on that bus while she grinned and smiled she's ready to throw her down it's like the bed and villanelle the bed not the bus chair but <laughs> she is very strong and apparently of a match for gun because she couldn't just dominate her so if they're doing that then maybe they're going to make it seem as though eve cannot handle gun by herself and eve is definitely smaller than villanelle so this might be the time where they tried to be practical and logical with Killing Eve science. I do not know. And so I am evolving my muse and my prediction mm -hmm. from Eve killing Gun to Gun being the new Raymond. I.e. <sighs> they both kill Gun together. They have to team up. And they do. And hopefully in this team up, it is a replay of Raymond, but like different. Where Eve was not so sure where to hit that. Well, I don't know. Do I? The shoulder, Eve. But this time, especially if Gun is on top and Villanelle comes from behind and tries to hold Gun or is able to wrest the machete from her or something, that Eve gets this machete and does the slice <sighs> across Gun's throat, maybe cuts it damn near clean off. I don't know if the BBC census can handle such things Wait. like The Walking Dead, but it's on there. So give me a half a neck or something going on. But this is what I am predicting and asking for, that Eve will show up to the island, Eve Palastri style, without a gun. As I said in the live, I do not believe right. she'll bring a weapon. I don't think she'll bring a gun, a bow and arrow, a taser, a knife, a jaunty knife, a machete, nothing. She will bring nothing. Tear gas, nothing. She won't even bring a slingshot. She will just bring herself, her locks, her hopes, and her dreams and be totally unprepared for guns, jaunty, violent ass. And I don't know where Villanelle's going to be. Maybe Villanelle will be otherwise disposed because of gun because I do think gun has nefarious intent in a certain kind of way for Villanelle because again, why were you thinking about her? Why did you know about her? What have you thought? What is up with you? The deadline article said thinks. And so maybe Villanelle's being held somewhere or she can't get to Eve right away but then she hears Eve screaming for her life because I do think Eve will scream for her fucking life because why is she running from gun? She's running from gun because she saw that big bitch and she was like oh no I didn't bring any weapons fuck. You know what Eve you said to yourself check your purse for everything and then you said self I don't have a fucking purse <laughs> and then you realize there are no weapons and Eve Palastri is unprepared but Villanelle somehow gets to her here's the commotion they team up and they kill Gun and they take that bitch down and so... they enjoy it together and I'm not done because after this happens y'all this would be the time for the first kiss thank you the first kiss of series 4 by the way so this would have to be towards the beginning of episode 7 theoretically that all this happens with Gun Eve shows up Gun gives chase Villanelle gets free Villanelle intervenes when Eve is about to die but she can't take Gun all by herself so her and Eve work together Eve gets the machete and slices Gun's head almost off blood sprays once again hopefully but I'm like does blood really spray because she has on that same turtleneck so if the blood doesn't spray maybe it just goes on somebody's face because I'm still gonna hope for blood sprayage even though we see them in their outfits no yeah we do see those outfits so TBD on the blood but I just want Gun out of here I want Eve to do it I want Villanelle to see it I want them to get their murder O's and then I want them to kiss and then they could go steal a camper and All do whatever. Right. Be gay and chaotic <laughs> and ridiculous until they die. Until but that's die. that's my latest muse. So uh, does Eve get to do the murder straddle in your muse? It's not necessary, though, because if she's hitting with a machete, a straddle isn't really appropriate. A straddle would be what's happening to her because she's smaller. And as a fighter, tactically, if you have more weight, you want to get the person under you. And so I would expect Gunn to do that. And the murder straddle has been happening a lot this season. Pam has used it as well. She just used it on Fernanda. And so I think Gunn will look like she has Eve trapped. I think that's what it'll be. It'll look like it's it's done for Eve Palastri. Hopefully, ideally, Villanelle comes out of nowhere. 
and stops Eve from getting murked that one time. She has a moment to try and react, and they're both fighting gun. And then they take gun down. But it's like Raymond 2.0, except they're both lock and step. And even though Villanelle's still technically mad, she can't possibly be mad. After it's done! And then after the kiss, maybe Eve says something. Or maybe she says something before the kiss. That leads to the kiss. Whatever. As long as something honest is said and or kiss happens, whatever order it happens in, I don't care. But that is my current muse and wish for the final episode and how gun will be used ultimately in the end outside of being some sort of foil and mirror reflection of like what the 12 does to assassins or what kind of assassins are there a long time or perhaps some sort of reflection on villanelle not entirely sure what gun's purpose is but seeing as how pam seems to be some sort of juxtaposition about the beginning of assassins in the 12 and how they might come in with an air of innocence and an air of naiveness and then Gun, presumably on the other spectrum of a Pam. Here's an assassin working for the 12 who's been working for the 12 for years. She is in there. She knows the vibe. She knows what she's doing. And what kind of person is this? And I suppose we won't know fully until we watch episode seven, but I suspect there will be some deeper parallels there to represent an extreme version of Villanelle. And perhaps that means the Villanelle that does not ever question, the Villanelle that is never unhappy with what the 12 is doing. She just takes the money, she asks for what she wants, and then she does what they say and fuck everything else, which is ultimately living confined by your own choosing. Because that's Villanelle's issue with the 12, is that she doesn't have autonomy. She can't do what she wants. They won't tell her the truth. And perhaps Gunn is a version of a person who doesn't care about the truth. She is past the truth. Or she likes the cage, doesn't care about the cage, doesn't care about the lack of autonomy because it is enough is enough whatever they give her it's enough mm. and for villanelle it is not enough she wants love she wants someone to watch movies with so i don't know tbd well i like that i get i get that we will see how it all will play out this sunday okay so guess what this mini muse oh what i'll get into it's just the beginning of the episode where it's Villanelle being roused to consciousness and hearing a commotion around her, noticing that, yes, her flesh, her torso has been pierced once again in life. I have to say in life because I don't I don't know if she has a history of being <laughs> pierced in the torso. It's only happened the wow. one time and it was due to Eve Pilastri. It was. And, um, and so she's pierced again and Eve Pilastri is here. And later on, she does say, oh, it was my fault. So it's like, oh, it too? Again? One more again? <laughs> and so Villanelle's talking about get her out of here. It's like, look, I'm tired of being stabbed in the torso. I just say, I just signed up for this. It was like a got him tired part two. So that's what it was giving me energy-wise. And I just wanted to point out that it was interesting and funny to me. <laughs> well, I mean, that is both interesting and funny. Coincidence? Because we do not know how many injuries Villana has had, but we do know that two of the most serious potentially life-ending mm -hmm. penetrations to the abdomen area are both the fault of Eve motherfucking Pilastri. So that is absolutely fucking true. Well, I like it. I guess this last mini muse I will go into is just a wondering, a curiosity about what Eve will be doing, what Eve has been doing, what we can come to expect because the whole Cupid and Psyche thing was brought to relevance a couple episodes ago when Eve stole Chloe for a day, had the best day ever, apparently for Chloe. I'm sure Chloe's still thinking about that day, especially now she got a dead mama. She might try to run mm -hmm. up on Eve when she finds out what was really going on. But yeah, it's about Cupid and Psyche and parallels and, you know, without going into too much specific detail about what happens entirely between Cupid and Psyche, but we know that there is a journey, a jaunty journey between the two of them that is full of trials and trips. Oh no. That ultimately results in them being together at the bitter end, but after many a shenanigan has been had. So as far as uh, parallels for where we are with Eve, Part of Cupid and Psyche's story is, I mean, it's a whole winding tale, which is why I was like, you should totally look into it and read it. But we get to a part within the story of Cupid and Psyche where she gets a lover, a husband that is ultimately invisible to her, a man she never meets, not officially, a man she never sees, doesn't know who this person is and what this person looks like. And ultimately, this individual that she is having a wonderful time with, having a perfect life, she identifies as Cupid at the provocation of her ultimately jealous sisters who want to know how she somehow managed to have like this perfect fucking husband. What do you mean? You don't know what he looks like. You got to take a look. And in the story, she ultimately takes a look. And while she does that to realize, oh, it's Cupid. It's the most handsome man I've ever seen. She ends up spilling some oil 
concubine, which burns him and causes a wound. And this wound that happens causes him to flee. Their little bubble of euphoria has been broken up because she's broken the one rule that he asked her not to do. Just oh, don't try no. to see me because he's trying to keep it a secret, what he was doing, trying to be with her, whatever. Mama drama. She doesn't adhere to that. She looks and she burns him. She hurts him. And it's a thing. And after this situation happens and she discovers who her husband was, that this was Cupid and all this shit, the goddess of love or Aphrodite, essentially says she has to prove herself worthy to be Cupid's wife by completing a fucking task. This is where the trials and tribs come into play a lot of different things go down before they ultimately are reunited and shit happens and so i'm wondering if you know there's some parallel that won't be drawn between even villanelle and gun and what has happened here with the arrow that villanelle is wounded mm. she is mad at eve at this time she's not trying to see a bitch we watched her shirk her hand she did not shirk the cheek i don't think she no, had the no. strength but she certainly <laughs> shirked her hand and shoulder when she had a piece of strength to do it in this sense is mirroring the actions of cupid to be like no I want to be away from you. And the whole proving of love, prove that you deserve to be with Cupid, prove that you deserve this love. Perhaps that is what we are witnessing or what we will witness with Eve Palastri, even more so in episodes seven and eight, that the way she proves she wants to be with Villanelle is going through the last trials of suffering, of separation, of letting go of the delusion, whatever ideas she's had in her head that are obviously full of shit, having some sort of confession, her own speech that she gives to Martin, which is perhaps the part two or the final part of where she started in series two with Wide Awake. And she's coming mm. to a full circle because in that trailer, we see that she's asking questions. That oh, she yeah. has come to, she's like, I wanted Villanelle gone, she's gone. I wanted this done, it's done. And now what? And Martin's probably like, now what, Eve? Right, what do you want, What Eve? do you want? Right. Do you know what you want? And and that'll be the question to have answered. Does Eve know finally what she wants? Does she know that that's Villanelle? What does Martin say? What does Martin do? But I think that that is that this this last episode seven and potentially whatever happens with her and Gun is the proving. It's the I got to go through this really painful stuff. These really painful admissions to myself. I have to go through these last few uncomfortable motions. I have to go to Gun's Island, Faze Gar Island. I have to be chased with a machete. I have to nearly lose my life to prove. I mean, over and over again, because Eve, you're careless. But I need to. To nearly lose my life to prove that I want you, that I deserve you, that you're mine. I mean, <laughs> to quote Villanelle. But, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. I was wondering about the whole Cupid and Psyche and the fact that the show's not done and Eve and Villanelle are definitely not back on the same page. And so there are more trials and trips for Eve to come. Who knows what they may be? But I do think with each action, she's going to try to earn whatever back with Villanelle, as she should, because it's the end of the series. So we kind of have to, guys. We kind of have to. <laughs> Hashtag believe in Villain Eve. Right. God. Ooh, well, I like that. That was... That was that was more than a mini to me. Just thoughts, <laughs> thoughts about the suffering, the journey, and the joy. Because a lot of people have made statements about the parallels of Romeo and Juliet and whatever. And I'm like, a key being, especially Romeo and Juliet, was the smash, the sex charm. And it was just the one time. It was just the one time. And they were like, ready to leave this mortal coil for my love and for this O. <laughs> and so I just want all those parallels to be for real. Like, y'all could parallel even Villanelle to Romeo and Juliet, Cupid and Psyche, whatever the tragic romance you want to do it to but those tragic romances ah had the smash that's all keep it the same keep the same levels keep the same right, conditions keep the same, the energy. same parameters right, right, right. exactly exactly and so this next uh well we won't call this amusement it's more like it's more like a baby revelation you know a little tidbit the official channel decided to say let everyone know that um there will be a spinoff series for Killing Eve. Official channel? Does that mean the sun? The, uh, the sun. Oh, the sun <laughs> the said UK. it? The sun was the one that said it. I know. I mean, it was sent to me specifically by listeners to be like, did you see? Not your muse mm. being right <laughs> about it being a backdoor pilot. Um, oh. The whole Carolyn episode. And, uh, but it was covered by the sun. I guess I could pull up the article. Okay, so this tweet I was sent is from TV Zone. But TV Zone is referencing The Sun. So the TV Zone article says, Killing Eve spinoff in early stages of development reports The Sun. And at The Sun article, it says, <laughs> sorry, the opening line is hilarious. Fans of Killing Eve cut up by the BBC thriller ending can rejoice. There's a spinoff in the pipeline. Um, Rejoice? 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 That's a word. Have y'all been paying know? attention? Do y'all even know why we watch the show? Right. Why do we watch the show? Why do we watch the show? Well, the article says the show's creators are looking at a prequel focusing on the early life of spy Carolyn Martins, played in the main series by Fiona Shaw, which means it's unlikely. We'll see the new show feature the lead characters of Villanelle and Eve Palastri, played by Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh, 
But you never know. A TV insider said, quote, in many ways, Carolyn was a bit of a curveball choice for a prequel, but in other ways, she was an obvious choice. The creators could have gone for Villanelle or Eve, but Carolyn provides a different take on you know I mean, what? I, you know what? I'm not even. Carolyn provides a different take on things. Quote, bosses felt that killing Eve had to come to an end, but its spirit should live on in a new form. And this is the project they're focusing their efforts on right now. It's in the early stages of development in the finished series. And the finished series is months, if not years away. But at least fans have something to look forward to. End quote. <laughs> oh, years? So, like... But no, it was the fans have something to look forward to. That was what was egregious to me. Mm. But it finishes, so far the gossip has focused on a Killing Eve movie. <laughs> okay. So far the gossip has focused on a Killing Eve movie in the same way that the end of Peaky Blinders on the BBC has now led to the creation of a spinoff film. This week, joint writer Laura Neal told the Radio Times, I think it's the end of Killing Eve as we know it, but I wouldn't be able to say whether it's the end of the Killing Eve world. I'd love to see something else. End quote. Well, now we know it's more likely to return on the small screen. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> I'll just say, well, y'all, that's what I'm gonna say. It's, it, <laughs> the world of Killing Eve is the queerness. I don't know what the fuck you guys think made the show popular, but it begins with Sandra O oh with Jodie Comer and ends with Sandra O oh with Jodie Comer with yes. some sprinkles of some awesome other thespians supporting their queer as fuck, chaotic as fuck story. But Jow said, take some hets who are spies, just like every other boring fucking het spy that someone's already done before and because it's Carolyn we're supposed to care? Even though they haven't given Carolyn a girlfriend, a hoe, someone in her rotation that was a woman? Emerald's the only one who acknowledged it, sadly. And so I'm less excited because I'm like, if it was Emerald, I'm sure they'd have a young Carolyn jaunting with all kinds mm -hmm. of people. Mm -hmm. This version, I just see young Carolyn and young Constantine like, just the two of us. And the way I don't need that whatever so it's out there you guys a lot of people thought it was a joke a lot of people thought it wasn't gonna be real it was all speculation but now rags are running real fucking stories about killing eve doing a prequel and that prequel being about carolyn martins and the likely truth that episode five was also a backdoor fucking pilot for this show and i have to tell you i am not pleased that an episode or more of this final series used as a backdoor anything to do with Carolyn. That's not what you do. How upset I may or may not be about that will remains to be seen when the series is done and I see what we TBD, get in the final yeah. fucking episode. But okay, good luck to all involved. I saw some of y'all like, oh, well, I'll try to watch it if you watch it. Friends, <laughs> clowns, don't hold me to that. Don't hold me to that. I make no promises. No promises. Nothing at all. Fucking TBD. TBD indeed. Uh, thank you to the sun. Oh, and shout out to motherfucking Kaylee. I was also sent this tweet since y'all know I I'm not looking at Twitter until the shit is done. But apparently Kaylee retweeted Killing Eve posting that clip with Eve shirking the towel on Villanelle and trying to help a bitch. And she tweeted the line, I serve it soft. All right, Kaylee. <laughs> I see you, bitch. Keep serving it soft for the final episode, ma'am. I beg, I plead. And thank you so much for your offerings so far. Yes, thank you for your service. We, we know we've said it before. We said it at the top, but we say it again. Oh my God, what's this? I guess the people are still mad about the gays. Wearing harnesses to pride. Oh, I wish we would move on from that conversation. It's, no, it's, I agree. Uh, because there's a place uh, for people to go. If you want to have people support, there are events catered directly. But it's just to, like, do these individuals not know how Pride started? It they don't know riot. that that's the point. Right. The point is not to make hets comfortable. The point isn't to say, what are the children? Because if you think children will be radicalized to queerness by simply seeing a queer existing in the wild, I have an announcement for you. Have a surprise. Maybe it's, it's like how it works. Maybe it's like jazz music, like in Chicago. Jazz makes everyone crazy. I don't, uh, I know this is a random tangent, but I'm like, I was just sent this tweet. I've been thinking, and I feel like I've expressed this to you and I've expressed it to other friends, but I'm like something and I, I have to work on whatever it is I want to turn into. But it has something to do with what I feel like culturally is the sanitization of queer sex. No, no, no. 
Like it's happening and we're being attacked from all levels. And the way I thought we progressed past some ideas when I was a fucking teenager. And here I am being a grown ass bitch. And it's like, we're going backwards somehow. The 11%, uh, they're a little too jaunty. They're a little too happy. And we need to get pulled down. Why? Because people are sad that we're happy, which is why they keep trying to take things from us. And when but I it's think like of- It's like people really getting upset about midriffs and titties and leather. Oh, what listen, about the, all the, the jauntiest queers of y'all? When I- I think of burned literature, burned literature. When I think of people making golf courses all over estates to try to erase the fact that they were prominent, wealthy people who had the queer jaunt. When I think of everybody trying to erase and pull things from what is rightfully ours. When I think of the lack of queers in spaces that are um, paleontology or or just history, being able to decode things. But when it's queers themselves trying to police other queers. That's them what lost. I'm looking at. They're, that's they're, what bothers me. That's where I'm like, you are trying to sanitize with the hats! Please do not be concerned about what the heads say about fucking children. And honestly, fuck anybody who thinks that. Like, if you think you're harming a child by a child seeing a queer in the wild, whether they're wearing leather or something else, partial nudity, grow the fuck up. Get the fuck out of here. Like, there's that. There is I, that. I know Rona's here, but I'm like, is it time for the quiz? And maybe the OG quiz got to start it to put the flesh back on display? Because you well know, a bitch had a flesh on display. Those first, I was about to say few, several years of pride, I, I started young. And the flesh can be shown as it should be shown. It's a sad day when everyone's going pro-erasure. And sanitization is the right word. But it's what is scary is that you want to forget. The whole goal of Pride is to make people remember. We will not forget. I almost, you know what? I'm not even going to jaunt off onto that side of the conversation. It's a part of a protest. Like being unequivocally yourself, however loud you Mm -hmm. want to do that. That's literally where the party protest comes out of and trying to fit into whatever cookie cutter image the heteronormative society tries to put on everyone. But certainly not the queers. It's not going to happen here. Wear whatever the fuck you want. And so that's what concerns me. I just, I know I took this side joint, but I'm like, what is happening? And why are there so many people agreeing? with this concept there should somehow be less skin less scandal at pride when we certainly have enough corporate sponsors at pride and it's like well maybe if there's more motherfuckers showing skin and in leather we will have less city banks and other people how about that willing to take those photo ops because they'll be like oh oh well okay never mind and i like that i would like that i would prefer that going forward in the future will we get it i i don't know I don't know. Haven't even had a pride in two years. So, I mean, we had a pride, but Candace was not there priding. No, right. Sadly, right. For the first time ever. <sighs> Be free, y'all. And if you want to show your body or whatever, go ahead and do it. That's somebody else's problem. I always tell people that's a you problem. It's not a me problem. Right. Show the first time the cops tried to harass are. me. I'm like, that's a you problem. If you are having a problem looking at someone's body or boobs, like, yo, fucking handle it. Deal with it. Isn't it weird? Because I, I could just remember that in the Bible, they'll say, oh, do you think your eyes will cause you to sin? How about you gouge your eye out? How it's giving hunchback of Notre Dame. It's giving the priest no, who's right. like, curse you to hell for making me desire. Like, right. no, that's not. That, that's not how that works. I also don't think we can unpack all the stuff about the male gaze. And especially as it relates to, you know, femme bodies and that whole thing. If we are always putting rules about what can be seen, who can show what. And if it is shown, it automatically is in this category. Of sexuality? Of sex implied? No! Sometimes a titty's just a titty. It's just a titty. Thank you. And so there's that. And oh, I just feel like it's time to take back to the streets, gays, and wear whatever the fuck you want and be as loud and proud as you want to be because too many people, too many people, like, close it up, button it up, put it back on. Take off the leather. Imagine Be a little me. quieter. What about the kids? What will they say? What will the hats say? Imagine me <laughs> on a shit. jaunty march and I'm going, um, I feel uncomfortable with all this green that's around. Was it St. Patrick's Day? I mean, I get it. You have like this day where you celebrate this thing. But there's a lot of green here. I wish there was less green. There should be less green. People should be less drunk. People should stop drinking on St. Patrick's Day. It's bad for the kids to see all these people drunk. Right. Of the parades. Right. And everyone would tell me to shut up because my problem is my problem. Well, So how about we just keep that same energy and you have your day and I have mine. But then also with your energy, you have rights. I mean, non-gays, and... mind your business. Oh, and no. gays, right. like, read a history book, perhaps. Right. Or just look it up. But don't try to don't try to fuck somebody else's pride. Don't up, forget like, what don't it do all that. started as. Don't forget where it came from. And if you just don't know, I mean, 
we we know that for look some up reason, those jaunty right. photos and you have to do it independently because we're not allowed to and say that you'll that get the an quiz instructor on the margin right who you know and i'm doing air quotes here but from society standards would be the most ridiculous the most flamboyant those were the bitches leading the charge thank which you which is why these things are mainstays at pride so I feel like, is this the year to put a bitch on a leash? Just because the heads are talking too much. Anyway, let me not go further off on that tangent. I just, I saw it and it dismayed me because this has been a thing that's been going on for a little bit. And I don't, I mean, I like, I mean, I like, but whatever. Talk about it more later. Let's wrap up the episode that is wrapped because we are done. Right. And there's only one more thing that I seek to say about what's happening what are, what's what's going on what is coming up for those of you who remember the treasure trove of ridiculousness problematic but also cute things at times that was saved by the bell you might remember one character by the name of Jesse Spano mm-hmm. <laughs> played mm-hmm. by I was about to say Elizabeth Hurley wow no Elizabeth Hurley's fucking British no it's Elizabeth Berkeley of Showgirls thank fame thank you it's Elizabeth Berkeley, and she has a thing she is trying to get into Stanford she's trying to sing in a band there's a lot going on and she has a breakdown and that's where I'm at you guys I'm still in the Delta Quadrant but I'm super excited it feels like it's trending towards manic because I don't really know I'm not on steady ground and so I'm feeling like Jesse. so it's only right that I play us out to Jesse in homage. Shout out to all those of us out there, us clowns. We're really excited, really fucking excited to get to the weekend, but also really scared. Right. We're so scared. Okay. It's the twofer. It's really two episodes. Two episodes are left in Killing Eve. Wow. We don't know what Laura Kelly has in store for us. Lord. But I want to get a kiss and love speech. That's right. Oh, so they really just mashed no it together. Wow. Yeah. There's no time. There's never there is no time. time. There's no time to muse. Sunday. There's is no it. time to wonder. No more time to revelation. What's what? Right. What we know? We, we can't unknow. Right. There will definitely be booze. And maybe some champagne. We'll see. So y'all have uh, the opportunity I'm to so watch it with us or on your own. I'm so scared. It's so totally fun. Y'all, we're here, clowns. Get ready, like Jesse. Right. Don't take no caffeine pills. But get your booze. Get your gosh if you like gosh. Get your candy if you like candy. Get your tissue box if you think you're going to cry. Whatever it is and, uh, you need. No, right. Snacks. There is no time. There is never any time. And apartment wants to say, I hope y'all can try to find us after the episode. Depending on what, what we're doing. Like, we'll be here. And we'll be absorbing. But we'll we be reacting. If there's a premiere at the same time. There's never enough time. Well, there's certainly not enough time. Next weekend for everything that's going on. Literally all these things premiering. My own life happenings are hectic as fuck this week. But, bitch, I'm going to make it through somehow. I'm going to try, y'all. I don't know what version of me you're going to see come Sunday evening for those of you who hang out with the lives. But it will be something. And so if you've never come through for the lives, perhaps come through. This Sunday, it'll be the last jaunty live for Killing Eve because it'll be the last time we can react to anything live in process, including the very fucking end. We can laugh together. We can cry together. We can scream together. Oh, yes. Perhaps I'll book our flights to London and see Lauda together. No, <laughs> no, no, it's jokes. It's jokes, Lauda. But yeah, yeah, that's it. I think we're done with this penultimate fucking recap. Oh, we did Jamie a penultimate. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's the way I was going to tell y'all to come and reach out to us and uh, check on us and see how we doing. Y'all already know how to find us. It'll be in the show notes. So until we see y'all pull up for the finale episode on Sunday... Here's hoping you get killed by a woman. And guys, this is it. Hold on to your faith. We just have a few days left. And then we finally get all the answers or wow. everything we fucking need. Wow. I am begging Lona. Wow. The smash, yeah. the kiss, the yeah. love. We deserve villainy. Love In villainy, yeah. we trust. In villainy, we trust. To the very end. Yeah. See you clown Sunday. Bye. Wow. It's like totally murder.